Welcome to the Modern Merrowmen podcast with Tom Hicks and John DeVito. Modern Merrowmen is a weekly conversation on the law and the gospel so that church leaders and Christian lay people will rightly divide the word of truth. So, Tom, this is our first episode. Yeah, this man. Is a new podcast for us. That's right. We'll, uh, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see how this goes together uh, as, as we seek to engage in this conversation. Uh, but for our inaugural episode, I thought it would be best for us to to let others know who we are and why we're doing this. And so well, why don't we just start with you sharing more about yourself and, and your testimony and your ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, my name is Tom Hicks. Um, I'm the pastor, senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Clinton, Louisiana. Um, I've been pastoring for 14 years. I first pastored at Caneyville Baptist Church in Kentucky, and then uh, I went to Morning View Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, where I pastored in an associate role. And uh, I've been the senior pastor here for four years uh, here in Clinton. Um, as, as for my testimony, um, the Lord saved me when I was six years old, I believe. And, uh, you know, I told my parents about it. And I remember them uh, wanting to wait and see uh, if, if I bore fruit in keeping with repentance. And so they kind of observed me for a couple of years. And I was baptized at age eight in Einsiedlerhof, Germany. That's where that actually happened. My dad was in the Air Force. And so we were stationed over there. Um, but I never went through a, a rebellious period. You know, I just continued to grow in in a very simple kind of a faith. And, um, and yet the Lord did allow for struggles with assurance to come into my life uh, during college. I can remember that my philosophy professor was teaching atheism, and I really wrestled over the, you know, what he was saying. I certainly didn't believe it. And yet I, I didn't feel like I could answer it fully. I was studying to try to understand, uh, but it was a real struggle for me. I, I, I was also at the same time, interestingly, going to a Bible study uh, that was teaching that you could lose your salvation. And so uh, I was hearing from this Bible study that we could, you know, Christians can lose their salvation. And then I was hearing from my professor at school that there is no God. And he was making the strongest case I'd ever heard for for that. Uh, but the Lord really kept me through those dark times. And I learned I couldn't rely on my reason and he preserved me. Uh, I really hadn't settled the, f- the question fully of assurance. All I knew was he wasn't letting me go. You know, he wasn't mm. going to permit me to walk away because left to myself, I knew that I would, but I hadn't settled how to have assurance of salvation. And this, that, that struggle really grew uh, in my very first year of seminary. And I, you know, I don't know if you were John, but I was I was influenced uh, earlier on pretty heavily by John Piper, who I respect, I love, I appreciate many ways. But um, his his theology, whether it was his theology or my understanding of it, kind of caused a struggle in me, um, and I could have misunderstood him. But I, I what I heard him saying was that you have to maintain a white hot joy in God in order to glorify Him, and so the and the way this was attained is through prayer and through Bible study. And, and I I remember just trying to want to be so satisfied in God, so joyful in him that I could bring him maximum glory. And brother, I just, I did not have that kind of sensible joy all the time. I didn't, I wasn't on fire for the Lord constantly. Sometimes it seemed like maybe I was, but 
that wasn't there. And so, so that really caused a struggle in me. And then you couple that with, um, I believe that my assurance of salvation depended on my joy right. in God. So if I lacked joy, I lacked assurance. What is, what was faithfulness? What is obedience to God? It's, it's deeply seeking him, knowing him, pursuing him, delighting in him. And to the degree I wasn't doing that, I wasn't evidencing faith. And so uh, there, where is, you know, what's the ground of my assurance? Mm. So I I really struggled. That was my first year in seminary. But uh, that first summer uh, in my seminary years, I I went to do a summer internship at First Baptist Clinton, where I'm currently pastoring. But my uh, mentor was pastoring, senior pastor here before me, uh, Dr. Fred Malone. And what he taught me was about the the law and the gospel. Mm. He taught me Christ. He taught me the difference between law and gospel and and really that joy is a command of the law joy is not gospel and maybe it is a grace of the gospel it's a gift of the gospel but the command to rejoice in the lord is is law uh, but the gospel is that christ died for us that he loves us and he manifests that love through uh, his death and his resurrection and and offering promises of redemption. And, and so uh, really this understanding of the difference in the relationship between the law and the gospel was what allowed me to have assurance of salvation for the first time in a real anchored and grounded way. And so uh, very grateful for, for that. And, and really it's this, what we're going to be talking about, the marrow, uh, the marrow theology. Fred didn't put it that way when we learned it, but that's what it is. Uh, it's the marrow theology. And so, uh, that's so that's yeah, kind of that's a you know wonderful to hear that and and you've even told me some detail that I, I don't know if I if I've heard from before from you so uh, <laughs> yeah. you know we we met each other uh, while while at seminary and I've uh, gotten to know each other over the years in that way but uh, but uh, I, I the, the the connection there and, and the importance of assurance and and how our theology connects then to our own assurance and our uh, our understanding and recognition of, of our relationship with God is so essential. Uh, Absolutely. To these things. So I appreciate that brother. That's good to hear. Well, well John, what's your testimony brother and your yeah. ministry background? Well, it sounds like if I ever heard you right, so you were, you were raised in a Christian home, right? It's, it's, yes, like, yeah. Which is, again, we, we hear the blessing and how young you even were in coming and recognize yeah. these things. But I was not raised in a Christian home, at least not in a biblical home. Uh, I was raised as a Mormon uh, or you know, the, the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, my, my parents were both uh, converts into uh, that, uh, the, 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 what is a false church, but, but, but to that uh, religion. And so that's what I was raised in. And so, you know, a lot of Christian terminology, but usually redefined uh, into a, a legalistic approach of how we relate to uh, well, a, a different God than than the God of that who has revealed Himself through Scripture, and and so I I went was raised doing the typical religious things that a Mormon uh, would do. Uh, so you know, baptized at eight, uh, received the Aaronic priesthood at twelve, mm. uh, had my patriarchal blessing uh, when I was a teen, uh, and and just kind of going through all the regular activities and events and meetings that that, that took place. Uh, and, and so by the time I got my teenage years, like a lot of teens, uh, 
you know, cared less about spiritual things and more about worldly things. Uh, and, and so, you know, but by the time I reached about 18, uh, when you're raised in the Mormon church, the expectation is, you know, you go on your mission, which is why you see all these young men and young women right. two by two, um, you know, together. And so, um, but by that point, I really didn't care about religion or, or, or anything. And I, di I didn't deny Mormonism. I just didn't care. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so rather than go on my mission, I went ahead and went off to college. And it was there that I met a woman who's now my wife. Um, but uh, she had she had also been raised in a Christian home. She'd been raised in a uh, Southern Baptist church and was uh, converted, but not really discipled very well uh, through her church, as she would say. Uh, and as we met, uh, she made a mistake. She asked me, uh, do you believe in God? And I said, sure. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, so there's, yeah, I'm sure there's some God out there. Uh, she interpreted that to mean I'm a Christian. And so she could date me. Right. And, uh, but, but as we started to date and get to know each other, I quickly saw how devoted she was to her faith. And, and I still had enough, uh, Mormon DNA in me that, um, I'm like, well, if she's going to care about this stuff, then she needs to know the fullness of the gospel, which of mm -hmm. course I, I thought was found in Mormonism. So I went from being more of a Mormon agnostic to almost wanting to become a Mormon apologist and trying to mm. defend Mormonism. Um, but that led me to, to start to research, okay, what are Christians saying about Mormons? What, what is the criticisms that are there uh, so that I could refute them? Uh, but of course, uh, the critiques are, are really quite devastating when, when you when you read them. Uh, also started, because she was going to a campus ministry there at, at, in college, started going with her and uh, hearing the Bible taught. And um, so, so it was God kind of bringing together both, of course, the, the Bible and, and gospel truths through the campus ministry, as well as my own independent research and study that led me to recognize there, there was no true hope in Mormonism, uh, but that it's by uh, grace alone, through Christ alone. And, Amen. Uh, and, and so I was saved uh, there through college. And, uh, you know, so a lot's, of course, happened since then. Um, you know, I'm currently now pastoring in uh, Newburgh, Indiana, outside of Evansville, uh, Cornerstone Fellowship Church here, and uh, grateful for that. But uh, again, also graduated from the same seminary, so Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, do you remember when we met, when we first met? I think we met in a class, don't you? Wasn't it was, it was preaching. Was it in preaching class? Who did you have for preaching? I, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, I had, I had, uh, Dr. Vogel was my preaching professor. Mm, it might not have been that or apologetic. What was it? Well, I, 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 if I remember right, cause I was working on campus as staff and, because I, you were a little ahead of me in your education, if I remember right. You were doing mm -hmm. PhD studies while I was still doing my Master of Divinity. So I think it was more some of the connections that we had there that that, that we met, we some mutual friends and other things. I'm, I'm that's why I asked. I'm not really sure, but somehow I know we met while on campus. But really, our our relationship, I don't think, flowered um, into what it is now until actually we we both left and kind of went on and started ministry. That's right. And, yeah, and started talking. Well, you were one of the few confessional Reformed Baptists that I even knew in seminary. Yeah. You know, at Southern, yeah. almost nobody was a confessional Reformed Baptist, and so right. yeah, I mean, you were I, I, you were. I, 
I'm grateful for, and I'm sure you are too, for the education we received, the yeah. uh, theological uh, education at Southern Amen. Theological Seminary was, was, was a true blessing from the Lord. Uh, but getting back to actually what you said earlier, um, I, I have I have a I had a Master of Divinity degree from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and if you'd have said to me, "What is the relationship between the law and the gospel?" I would have said, "Uh, what?" Yeah, we weren't taught that in school. No, you know, my introduction to the law and the gospel was actually through the White Horse Inn radio program or podcast, yeah. Michael Horton, and and that you know because they they're obviously very desirous to have people grow in that understanding. And that, that was mm -hmm. my introduction. And frankly, in my relationship with you, as we continued discussing these things and yeah. it became clear to me, and, and, and that's really the, the, the genesis of this whole idea of this podcast that you and I would have these like monthly uh, marathon phone conversations <laughs> where we would just talk theology and a lot of times delve into these matters of the law and the gospel and how they relate and what it means and the practical implications uh, that that uh, we were you know seeking to understand more fully and engage in in ministry together, and and so I remember when we were having those discussions uh, over the phone, just thinking, man, I would love to have these recorded <laughs> because I'm not I wasn't taking notes, you know, these were converse, conversations we're having by the phone, but I thought this would be so beneficial just to think about and reflect further upon. This would be good for 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 me and and you know thinking back about those times, even maybe for other people. And, and that was kind of the idea that, that led to us starting this, this podcast. So, so, uh, but why don't you uh, maybe, you know, as we started discussing the possibility of this podcast, then um, you had mentioned maybe even having some reservations about uh, having a podcast together and, and doing this and maybe uh, share for, you know, a few minutes, why you had that hesitation. I think it'd be helpful for people. Well, I mean, it's, it seems like almost everybody's getting a podcast now, you know? So mm -hmm. first of all, just adding another podcast on the pile of all the other podcasts people are listening to, is that really going to be a beneficial thing, a wise use of our time, a wise use of other people's time? Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thought I have, but another one, probably more, a more a heavier one is, you know, um, I really, I don't think folks are as committed to the local church as they ought to be. And so if, if, if the podcast, if podcasts and, you know, this kind of media starts to, in any sense, take the place of the ordinary means of grace in the local church, it's, a, it's not a good thing. Um, uh, you know, another concern that I have kind of related to that is that, you know, when I prepare to preach, I've prepared very carefully and I'm preaching very carefully what I understand, you know, to the, the word of God to say, but in a, in a format like this, you and I are just talking, we're kind of shooting from the hip, going back and forth with each other, which can be beneficial. And yet um, it's, it's uh, there's much more opportunity for misunderstanding or mistake and this kind of a thing, uh, which isn't as helpful. And so uh, I, I think though, the, the central concern I have with podcasts in general is just that I believe that the way that the Lord builds the church is through the ordinary means of grace. That's mm -hmm. how the kingdom of God advances uh, through the preaching of the word, the reading of the word, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, uh, the, the ordinances. Um, uh, this is how Christ builds his church. And so what's the place of a podcast? So you asked me some reservations. So why are we doing it? If I have these reservations? Well, well, because you know, the, 
the church is not an island. There, we have local churches uh, that are central in the kingdom. They're outposts of the kingdom of God. And yet every local church has a ministry to the wider kingdom. You know, we Christians are all connected in the Catholic church, little C Catholic church. We're all in the new covenant together. And so if there's a way that we can fellowship more broadly uh, with the kingdom and maybe encourage Christians or help them in areas um, that are less understood, and I think this area of the law and the gospel is less understood, then I want to be a part of that. You know, that's, that's really my burden here is I believe that a clear understanding of the covenants of scripture and of the law and the gospel and how they're connected and related and point us to the Lord Jesus who reveals God to us is central in how a Christian should think for himself, mm. how pastors should preach and lead in their churches and, and, and is the way that churches grow. And I'm really convinced of this. Um, because it's because really the law and the gospel, an understanding of law and gospel, is an understanding of the whole Bible. It's a it's a hermeneutic uh, of the whole of scriptures, um, and I think it's vital. So that's why I think Amen. we should be doing it. Well, yeah. it's also why, of course, we both serve on the board together of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, and and one of our goals of having this podcast through the seminary's podcast network is to help equip. Uh, seminary students and current and future uh, pastors and, and, and church leaders to recognize the importance of the law and the gospel uh, so that they can faithfully minister uh, the word and, and uphold the, the glories of Christ uh, you know, to a, a congregation that, that, that needs to have this hope continually before us as well as a world that is lost and whose only Amen. hope is found in Christ. Good. Well, thank did you. you. Did you, did you share your ministry background? I'm just curious. Did you, did you talk about where you're pastoring oh, when you gave your I, testimony? I, I did. I did mention where I was pastoring. Um, but before pastoring, I, I served at covenant Baptist theological seminary as administrator. So th this yes. is my first, um, this is my first pastoral office role, uh, position that, that, that I have at, at Cornerstone. I'm thankful for it. I've been pastoring here now for, uh, over three years and I've been here for over four years. I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And uh, so you've been in ministry longer than I have, and you, you have a higher degree of education than I do. So you'll be, you'll be probably the main one speaking in these uh, podcasts, but, but well, I, I, I know I we always that. appreciate the interaction and uh, so grateful for I'm our sure. relationship. Yeah. And I, I, I did want to mention too, for those who are curious that my research doctoral degree is on this very issue. It's on uh, the doctrine of justification in the theologies of Richard Baxter and Benjamin Keach. And so I did that historical study. It's a systematic theology uh, study, a comparison of their theologies, but really what, what the doctrine of justification and sanctification are about is the contrast between law and gospel and the continuum between law and gospel. Mm. And so it's something I've given my mind to very much. And I believe that we should live upon. Amen. Well, thank you, Tom. And thank you for listening to the Modern Marrow Man podcast on the Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary's Man of God podcast network. If you'd like to know more about CBTS, please visit us online at cbtsseminary.org. That's cbtseminary.org.